0: brother Daniel got married back in 2017, but my first sister to get married was back in July. And it was such a cool experience because we've all heard the cliche, oh, I never thought I would get a sibling when my sibling got married. But Michael, her husband, and I got the opportunity when I moved to Denver to become best friends over the two or three months where we both lived here. And so that wedding was honestly a little weird. Because, like, the fact I knew him so well made it feel like my sister and one of my best friends were, like, playing dress-up for the day. (laughs) (laughs) Usually, I don't know the couple that well. Um, But there was a really cool moment that I wanted to bring up in the podcast, which is the speech, the, the Father of the Bride speech that you gave. You talked about when Gabrielle was trying to discern whether or not to go to college, something kind of crazy that played into that discernment process, so... Tell tell me that story.
1: Yeah, so the Gabrielle had done a year of volunteer. Uh, she was a missionary, and she had raised money and she traveled around uh, the country. So it was within the United States for Hard as Nails Ministries, and it was a good year. She grew a lot in her confidence. Uh, she was out giving talks. She was just. Uh, they actually it was surprising to see. She was already comfortable with people, but she was even more comfortable with people. And so uh, at the end of that year, she had made a lot of connections and had been invited. A friend of hers was working, I believe, in Texas at a at a hospital. And it's almost as if the uh, the world was at her feet. She's like, she could go any different direction. And so... Uh, so we started to pray about it. It's like, okay, like, well, we talked about it. What like what are what are the different options? What are you interested in? And and college was on the table and there were other other options. And so I thought, gosh, I need to be praying. Like, Lord, what direction should should I be encouraging uh Gabrielle to go as I talk to Maria? And so I did. I I spent the time and I was praying. And I was like, okay, Lord, um, you know, she's your more your daughter than mine. Um I love her. I want what's best for her. Like fill me in. <laughs> like what's what's best? Uh, what do you want me to do? And so I was just quiet uh, after I'd prayed a little bit and I I had this really unusual experience where I had this sense of this young man um and he was and he talked to me and and he said you know Mr. O'Rourke um say, and at the time uh, Gabrielle was had been accepted to Ave Marie University. And, and so like I heard this voice, and he's like, you know, Mr. Rourke, please send Gabrielle to Ave. I'm I'm waiting for her. And I remember thinking, okay, um <laughs> like that's not what I expected uh to happen in my prayer time. And then I thought, how, how am I gonna go and explain that uh to to gabrielle and that just it doesn't sound like it's very logical um and so i i but it was but it was distinct uh like i i just had the sense of like there's this young man waiting for her and he's asking me please you know send her there and so when uh, we start talking about college i got very far more intellectual it's like well let's Let's talk about, um, you know, what it would be like to have a degree and you'd be able to grow in your you know, ability to write, uh, you know, better and to communicate and learn all these different things. And I um, and actually I got to the point where I thought, you know what, I'm not going to tell her. <laughs> I'm not going to tell her that uh, that I had some sense that there was some young man waiting for her um, for a couple of reasons. One is it felt weird, uh, but it was true. Like I knew that's like that is totally the impression that I got. Um, I also didn't want to, I thought, if this is true, I don't want to set her up so that she's just looking, you know, at, you know, each young man that she meets there is like, is this the one, is this the one, is this the one? So I didn't want to set her up for that. I did end up telling her sister about it, uh, Madeline, but I told Madeline, I'm like, don't say anything. Say anything to her, and so, as we talked through things more she was she was open uh, to college, and I said, You know I think that would be you know, good there were other good reasons, excellent reasons for that to happen, but fast forward to uh, the wedding day, I thought, you know what i can I can now tell you know the story of um, of what happened in that discernment and how i didn 't want i didn 't want to out myself for this uh, this reason. But as I was getting ready for the wedding day, like, and I prayed about it, I was just remembering that moment, and all of a sudden it struck me. It was like, wait a second, I thought that there was absolutely nothing about that young man that um, would identify him. It was just like it was a young man, it was voice. But then it's what struck me was like, you know, there was something about him that came out, like his personality was present. He was really courteous, uh, just the way that, like that. And again, it was just kind of in my mind. Uh, you know, he was like, you know, Mr. a ple- you know, ple- it was very courteous. And then I started thinking about uh, Michael, her her at the time, well, fiance and soon to be husband. And it's like, he is such a courteous guy. Like, he's really courteous. And I thought, you know, up until this moment, I hadn't put two and two together that there was, it was It was almost as if it was like God had said, I'm going to give you a clue that you're not even going to realize is, is present uh, through this prayer. And so... Um, and, and when it came to that day, I just thought like, Lord, this is, this is the guy because that's how Michael speaks. Like he's, he's a, he's a courteous young man. So, um, from, you know, from a prayer standpoint, what was just so cool in that is that, uh, is that I am, I am Gabrielle's father and God has entrusted me with, uh, with loving her and leading her as with, you know, the, the other kids. And then when I was asking for help, it came, um, it didn't come in a way that i was uh, really excited to share um at least not uh, initially but um but you know it was there god god uh was present and i felt like he was faithful to me and, and and i just yeah i i don't know what to say beyond that i was just i was just so grateful that that he um that he made known that he was present in that discernment um and that when it came together where she did meet him and it was at the end of of her time there it didn't look like she was going to meet anybody from college he actually graduated the year before her um and then uh but their relationship actually began to grow after he had graduated and she when it was during her senior year but it was just cool to see how that that all came together
0: i want to go on record here and say that uh my dad is not a prophet I spent the first 18 years of my life living in the home and I can see the change in your prayer life Um, Mm -hmm. from at least when I was young, I have, I have, and I've told this story actually on the strong Catholic dad blog. I have a recollection of you going to adoration at like what felt like three in the morning. It was probably only 11 o'clock at night on a fairly consistent basis when I was much younger, but we moved to the South side and that really wasn't a thing anymore. Um, and I have a very little recollection of you doing much more than the rosary before that. And so this transition from, you know, kind of like the rote prayers and the and the not being as serious about the personal prayer life to getting to the point where you're hearing something in prayer that is now asking you to to influence the decision that will help change the outcome of your daughter's life what was that, what was that journey like? Where did you start? What was your prayer life like when you were, you know, my age, you know, 26, 27, 28, um, and, and what's changed over time?
1: Right. Yeah. I would say, um, the, the biggest thing that happened to me when it came, uh, to my prayer life was really the influence, uh, of a teacher in, in high school, uh, two in particular, one who had, uh, Who had done a you know religion class and he had us get journals and we were supposed to do prayer journals and he said I'm not gonna I just want to see that you do it I'm not gonna read through I'm just I'm just gonna track that you you've taken the time and just having and I wanted to get a good grade so I intentionally spent the time you know doing my prayer journal but it was that was the first time that I really um, I, I started to you know consistently talk and begin to kind of like talk to God in, in, in the journaling. And then I met another teacher who had a phenomenal prayer life where, you know, he talked about God speaking to him and I was like, what's that like, you know, explain it to me. And, um, and so I was really, uh, enthralled with that. That was fascinating, you know, to hear. Um, and, and there was an experience that had happened where I was talking to him and as we were talking, there was, there was somebody from my class, this girl from my class who came to mind. And she just like, her her image flashed in my head. And he just turned and he looked at me and he said her name. And I pretended as if I didn't know what he was talking about. And I said, you know, like, uh, why why did you say that? And he said, um, he said, I just, I, like, I felt like our Lord told me that I was supposed to at that moment say her name. And I said, really? I was like, any any particular reason? He said, no. <laughs> and I pretended like, uh, I was like, okay, well, that's kind of odd, and I just went on. But at the whole time, I was thinking, I can't believe he said her name right when she came to mind. And so what it did is it it just it opened the door to me. To, and I eventually I told him I was like, well, you know what happened? I actually thought of her like a split second before you said her name, uh, but I just didn't want to let on. I didn't want him to to know. But what it did is it opened the door to say like, you know what? Like, like maybe you you are real and you are um, and you are talking uh, to me. And so. Uh, I I would say that that starting with that prayer journaling was something that I did, uh, I continued to do in late high school and into uh, into college. And what was fascinating about that uh, just actually would blow my mind is that there were times I would go back and reread the prayer journal and there would be things that would come that like. And it would like I would write a conversation, and uh, and the advice was just like write what it feels is like. What do you think that God would be saying in return? I was like, well, it's just me; it's not God. But I just I just wrote that, um, and it wasn't always uh, it didn't show itself immediately. But sometimes I'd go back and read something that was written like three months ago, and there was something that seemed like it was God. You know, it wasn't from me, and I'd written it down, and then whatever that thing was, like, had come true, and I thought, oh my gosh, like this is this is shocking. Um, so uh, that experience uh, um, really kind of again opened the door to where I thought, well, maybe God really does speak to me. Um, the I would I, I wish that I had you know kept up with that. I had done the journaling for a while, and then when uh, Mom and I were married, like I continued to pray, but it was uh, you know I struggled. I, I struggled with being. Uh, consistent with my prayer life. And and we were we struggled trying to be consistent with the rosary. It's like, there was times I was like, yeah, we're gonna pray it. And other times I'm like, oh boy, I don't wanna do this. Um, and so uh, I, I would say there was a lot of inconsistency in my personal prayer time. I became more, uh, when I realized the importance of the rosary and that like the mother of God asked for the daily rosary to stop wars, uh, you know, back in 1917 in Fatima, I was like, okay, good enough for me. I'm gonna be consistent. Um, my personal prayer time was on again, off again, and, uh, and there were times I would get back to journaling, and I had some pretty amazing prayer experiences where I felt like God answered me directly um, and pretty quickly, and so uh, what turned the corner was, that uh, made a huge difference. Uh, I had actually gotten an email from uh, Matthew Kelly, and it said, don't give up. Uh, chocolate for lent and and at the time i just had been eating a lot of dark chocolate (laughs) i was like i like to keep eating dark chocolate so i was like okay i won't give up chocolate for lent Uh, and instead it was uh, he recommended pick up a pious practice well i had been praying but again i wasn't consistent and so my my promise for that lent which uh, which three years ago 2017 was i'm going to be consistent from 6 a.m to 6 30 a.m every morning during lent i'm going to pray And it took probably about 30 to 45 days but my prayer life just exploded it blossomed during that time because when i was consistently showing up um and when i because i was like well i'm gonna be in prayer again i gotta talk about something and so like i i would pull up the the readings of the day and i was trying to you know how am i gonna how am i gonna fill in this this time Um, But what started to happen is I would come into prayer with questions and my prayer went from kind of talking out there um, and not expecting to hear anything in return to where I was getting real with God. And and I would talk about things I was struggling with and I would say like, I'm I'm upset right now with Maria or I'm struggling with this child or like, what am I going to do financially or that problem? Um, And what started to happen is... As I would come into prayer, like I'd wake up sometimes with an anxiety about something, and then I would uh begin to read the the prayer for the the reading for the day, the morning prayer, and the magnificat, and there started to be times where like I would get a direct answer to the very thing that I came in that I was praying about and i was like this is this is crazy like for instance, I had one where I was saying like i'm I'm feeling anxious, Lord, and I, you know, I think maybe I should just be sleeping and not spending time talking to you um, because I think that's what I need. And I opened up the reading <laughs> and, and, and the morning prayer aspiration, and it said uh, something like, you know, do not be anxious. Trust God with with uh, with all of your issues, and, and he will, you know, he will save you or whatever it was. And I was thinking, wow, I just came in here, you know, 30 seconds ago and saying I'm anxious. I don't want to spend time with you and this is telling me to do the complete, uh, like it was almost a complete answer. And I had, uh, and this started to happen a lot. Uh, when I was more consistent and I was just taking the time, um, then th- there were, I would ask a question and then it would get answered in, uh, in the morning prayer or it would be in some you know something that I was reading from the, the lives of the saints. Um, so that's when it became alive. That's when it really started to change how would you how would you explain
0: this to somebody who who when they hear hear this they're thinking like okay well that's just you or yeah. or that that's that's crazy that would never happen to me cuz for me personally i remember you told me when i was 10 somewhere in there that that the secret to prayer was that you like spoke to god and that if you heard something that made you happy that that was god answering And I remember I just ran into dead ends with that advice. (laughs) I would just be like, okay, Lord, uh, what college am I supposed to go to? How does me being happy? Like I had no idea. And it just like, for me, was like, okay, this is, well, if that works for him, um, then that works for him. And frankly, again, from firsthand experience, I didn't see you being consistent with it. And so there was not this, you know, this kind of like, okay, well, I'm not doing something wrong. Instead it was, Mm -hmm. you know, well, it's not working for me and he's not being consistent about it. What would you say to the dad who, or the mom or the parent, the person who's who doesn't have a consistent prayer life, hears this and thinks, that's that's crazy, that's you, you have a gift, that's a you thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say, you know, first of all, God promises. He says, I will be with you till the end of time. And it's not just you, humanity, it's like you personally. So, uh, and he said, you know, in, in scripture, again, at, um, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. And so it's like, hold up your hand, you have flesh, then you're part of the the promise. So... Uh, So first of all, it's promised. How do you know that it's like, okay, that it's God? Um, What's awesome about God is God is a God of confirmation and he wants you to know. And actually there's even, I had read it in St. Faustina's uh, book. There's an excerpt in there where where he says, if souls would only want to hear me speak in the depths of their soul, I I would lead them to the heights of sanctity quickly. And I was thinking, you just have to want it? Like, are you kidding? That like, that's all you have to do. And then even in the Psalms, it says, delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. So you realize that the threshold for him interacting with you is really low. It's just like, you have to show up and ex- expect, like the first thing is just expect that he's going to speak to you. Then how do you know it's you? Like that, he's act, that it's him, that, he, that he's speaking. I would say a couple things. Um, first of all, I think uh the biggest thing is that when it comes to uh how do I know the difference is that um is that when something comes to mind, sometimes something'll come to mind when I'm praying and uh, and so, like I take that in um. And then I'll go and read something else. And when I go to read something else, and it has the exact same words that I thought I just heard in my head, it was like, okay, wait, wait a second. I mean, that was the same phraseology. And what are the like? I didn't know that was going to be in the next thing that I was reading, or somebody else will repeat it. And sometimes God would do that to me, like two or three times, where then I would uh, later on the day somebody would say, and they would use the same phrase that I had heard in my head, and I started to realize that it's that confirmation on the outside that get, started give me confidence, like that's actually you speaking, Lord. Um, so one is a confirmation from the outside. Um, two is there are times when I'm praying and it's, uh, uh, and the thing that comes to mind is not the way that I would normally think. Uh, and that's, that, that's part of it. So there was, uh, there was a time when I was praying and um, and I just felt like God was answering me left and right, and it was and it was freaking me out. <laughs> I was like, "Okay, this is kind of crazy, Lord." Um, and so I I said, "I was like, you know, this is great. I had no idea that you would be this talkative. Like, this, I, this is crazy. Um, you know, why? Like, don't get this wrong, Lord, but like, why are you doing this to me? Not in a bad way. Like, keep it up, but like, but why? Like, I, I don't I don't get this. Um, and I got the impression, you know, the thought that came to mind was the first thing was um, I do this with all my children. And, and I was thinking, and I said, what? Like, w- we don't know this. And so the answer was something that was so different from what I would have said. If you would ask Michael, like, God does, I'd say, no, he doesn't. Um, and so, like, when he said, so I just, like, I was almost arguing with him. I was like, you're, you're, you're serious? Like, you do this with all your children? Like, we don't we don't know this. Um and then i was like okay so you do it with all your children like thank you i'm i'm delighted um but why are you doing this with me like right now and then i got the impression that he said like i want you to tell them i was like whoa um okay like like you're <laughs> you're doing this because you love me but also because you want other people to be expecting that you're talking to them and it's like yeah that's And so where's the confirmation in there is that he said something, the thing that came to mind was not what the way that I would think it's not the answers that I would come up with. Um, but then it would get confirmed. Like I would, uh, read something else later in the day and it would say, you know, God speaks to us all the time. And and I would say like, yeah, that's, that's what I heard this morning. Um, so I think that that's the, that there are confirmations and that when the confirmations are outside of yourself, then it gives you more confidence to say like, there's no way that person could have known that. And I, I think the last quote that uh, really struck me when when my prayer life was blossoming it was a quote from Saint Isidore of Seville. He's one of the fathers of the church, and he said, "When we pray, we talk to God." And it's his particular wording: "When we pray, we talk to God, and when uh, and when we read Scripture and spiritual books, He speaks to us." And I was like, "That's what's happening! <laughs> like I'm 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 asking questions. I'm coming in, you know, with anxieties, concerns, and then." you know, I don't hear anything. And so then I open up the scripture and it's like, and the wording is perfect for what I needed. And as that started to happen more and more, I was like, yes, that's it. That's where it's
0: different. I love hearing about this journey because it gives me hope as somebody who really during high school had no prayer life to speak of. I I would do my best when we prayed the Rosary to zone out so it would go as as fast as possible. (laughs) And To hear like, no, like you can end up at a place where you hear God say, Mr. O'Rourke, please send your daughter to Ave and where you can have enough faith in that to uh, to move with it, that you can get to that place, um, but that you can you know, start someplace that's not not even close to that. It's funny. Another thing that comes to mind is you're talking about, you know, having to make that commitment to to the half an hour in the morning, starting with Lent. Um, I don't remember who the quote was from, and I don't remember the exact quote, but it was something to the effect of, "In on earth, we are hungry, and so we eat. Mm-hmm. But in the realm of heaven, we eat that we may become hungry. And I think that that's such a beautiful description of prayer life, because for the most part, I don't think that you're ever hungry for prayer until you first experienced prayer. I know for me, the only times where I start to feel really like starving for prayer come from the fact that I've had seasons in my life where I was praying consistently and where my life was a lot more full, a lot more abundant. And I know that I'm now missing that. But it starts with having those seasons. And so you really do have to start with just a, a, a commitment and consistency. You know, I'm going to, in your case, I'm going to do this for half an hour every day, starting in Lent. What would you say quite practically to the dad, to the mom, to whoever's listening who wants to get started? How can you practically get started on that path?
1: Yeah, I I would say the best thing is five minutes, is to say, get up five minutes earlier. um, And it does make a difference to be in the quiet. There's lots of Excerpts from the Psalms where it says, like, in the morning you hear the Lord's voice. In the morning, in the morning, and I found for me like it makes a big difference. Or something about the quietness of the morning, especially if when I get up before, you know, all the hubbub is has broken loose in the house. Um, and and if you can give yourself an easy goal to say, I'm just going to go sit for five minutes, and I'm going to uh, and make it really simple, like Lord, you know, like I love you. Please help me to hear your voice. And then, um, and then pause, because you've asked him, and he's he's a good father. When you ask for an egg, he gives you an egg. He doesn't hand you a scorpion. Um, and then I would have ready to go, like the scripture of the day. I pull up the UCCB, um, you know, the Catholic Bishop website, and I'll pull up the scripture of the day, um, and I'll just begin to slowly read it. And if you can just um, take five minutes and be consistent, because the it's like any relationship, uh, the... It's the consistency that's going to make the difference, and so that's where you, you got to start and say, "Okay, I will do five minutes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be there every morning." Uh, Father Mike Scanlon in his book "Appointment with God," which is really good and it's short, he said, "You know, you need to treat the appointment like you would with a business associate or with your boss. That is like if you make the appointment, you're going to show up." And so I would say that that's that's the biggest thing is is uh, being there and being consistent, and then God takes over. Like he like when you're when you're he's already more faithful than you. When you even begin to become somewhat faithful, he's like, okay, good, my little lame <laughs> prayer who can't do much, just a little bit of faithfulness on our end. And he he comes down and he uh, he covers the gap and starts to pull you along. There was a book
0: I read called Atomic Habits, and it's about how do you create habits that last? And one of the messages I took away from it was to make the requirement of the habit as small as possible. So Mm -hmm. for instance, if you want to get into running, then the first thing you should do is if you decide I'm going to run when I get home from work, when you get home, put on running shoes and don't run Mm -hmm. and do that for a week. And the reason why is because if you come home and put on running shoes, you're going to be like, well, this is stupid. I should just go run. And then Mm -hmm. like the next step is go put on running shoes, walk up the block and walk back. And what happens is by getting over inertia, that first mm-hmm. that first obstacle, you find that the next couple obstacles are not nearly as hard as you thought they were going to be. And I think the same thing applies with what you're talking about with that five minutes. What can you possibly get done in five minutes? And the answer is one, God is amazing, and there have been times where I've sat down to pray and I've like opened up the book. Um I used the better part by Father uh, John Bartunik. It's incredible, it reflects on the scriptures. I'll read the first couple lines of scripture and I'm literally just going in order. Um, And I'll read the first couple lines and it'll speak to something I'm dealing with right now. And I'm very pragmatic and not good at sitting around and I'll be like, well, that's what God wanted me to hear today. And I'll look and it's been three minutes. (laughs) And even that three minutes, it's like, you know what? That's better than nothing. Because one of my favorite analogies on this front, if you start on an airplane in Los Angeles and you're supposed to be going towards New York and so you set your heading for New York and then you change it, I believe it's like one degree to the south, over the course of your flight, you're going to end up in Florida because over the course of a three, four-hour flight, whatever it is, six hours, um, one degree is the difference between New York and Florida. And I think the same thing applies in this case with prayer life. If you start with just five minutes a day, if you start with just, I'm going to sit for 60 seconds a day. If you start there, our goal is not to become... St. Therese of Lisieux by the end of the month, you know, mm-hmm. the goal is an eternity with God. And if you start with just the smallest step in the right direction over time, you know, small steps make big change.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I would say that that uh, choosing to be uh, consistent, it didn't take long at all. It won't take long at all before those five minutes uh, will actually start what happened to me with those 30 minutes that I was praying. And then it got to the point where it was like, I started to wa- look, I kept looking at my watch because like, it's almost over. It's almost over. It's almost over. It's like, I've only got 30 minutes. And so, uh, so just doing it more consistently, I wanted it more. That's all we have time for today. If you like what you've heard on the podcast, please subscribe, leave a five-star review and encourage your friends and family to do the same. If you wanna support the work of Strong Catholic Dad, you can become a monthly sponsor for as little as $5 a month. I quit my job back in 2018 uh, to found Strong Catholic Dad, and as of right now, it's not enough to pay the bills. So anything that you can do is appreciated. Until next time, be strong in faith, strong in hope, and strong in love. God bless.